Hello and welcome back to Roll On Gaming. That's right, no theme music this time because we're getting right into it. We finally got the news that we were hoping to get from Fantasy Flight Games about Star Wars Unlimited. But before we get into all that, I have to introduce my partner in crime, my brother, my co-host, Corwin. How are you today, Corwin? I'm great, man. March 8th, 2024. Let's get it. Yes. Uh, as, as Corwin takes all the wind out of my sails, as per usual, <laughs> we have a release date, March 8th of next year. Um, it was widely speculated that March was going to be the time. We now have that confirmed uh, via Fantasy Flight Games at Spiel, um, which is really exciting to hear, um, but not just March 8th, but also March 1st, because as we know, pre-releases are going to be happening for every set, including and especially for set one Spark of Rebellion. Uh, really exciting to not only have that weekend down, but the weekend before we'll know, you know, when we're trying to request time off from work to go get some games in. I mean, I've already put in my requests. It's it's time to 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 open some packs and and play some games of Star Wars Unlimited. So we're not wasting any time, uh, except for the fact that we have a lot of time still, because March is still five months away, and it pains me to say it, but it's true. Uh, but at least we know. At least we know, and and I'm not complaining at all. I cannot wait for March eighth. Yeah, man, it's March. It's not like it's September, October, November. I mean, it's early 2024, so we love that. I I can't, I can't believe you've already taken time off, but obviously fits the bill for you, Kevin. Yeah. So let's uh, let's roll that up. Um, and yeah, I just definitely looking forward to uh, the pre-release events too, happening a week before we're going to mm -hmm. try to get to as many of those as I can, as we've discussed before. So yeah, man, five months to go, but it'll, it'll pass quick. It'll we got, you know, we got holidays, we got all sorts of things that'll help pass the time. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing. It's like, yeah, that we have the holidays, which is awesome, but it, it would be so much cooler to, to be able to celebrate the holidays with star Wars unlimited, but you know, that's okay. Next Again, year, next, next year, 2024. Yeah. 2024. We'll be able to, because not only did we find out, the release date of Star Wars Unlimited's first set, but we did get a cadence of releases from Spiel. There was a presentation about the game, uh, and they they also said that not only were we getting Spark of Rebellion in March, we were getting set two in July, set three in November, and then each set uh, following would follow that same cadence of March, July, and November. So set three for the holidays sounds pretty awesome. And then again, we're going to have a spring set, a summer set, and a fall slash winter set. Um, you know, if that cadence uh, continues to be something that we can count on, it's going to be awesome to just have that plan in place and, uh, you know, have something to look forward to every four months. Yeah, no question. And yeah, hopefully I think the key is that it, it does actually hold up and that the plan remains in place. We, we saw them try to do this with Destiny. It didn't work out so well. Um, hopefully with you know, with no chunky dice in the boosters and things like that, you know, we can actually see see a little bit more consistency with the release schedule. But it's great to see them getting out in front of it and, and try to stick to a regular cadence. I think three sets a year, um, timing-wise, this is going to work out really well, um, especially having something available for the holiday season. So I, I think uh, I think it's it's going to be great to to see that unfold and get more and more cards in our hands, you know, on a, on a pretty, pretty frequent occasion here. Yeah. Four months is uh four months is an interesting uh, timeline to use, but it, it, it's a helpful timeline in the sense that, you know, after I go spend all this money on packs, I can now have four months to save. So I'm pretty happy about <laughs> that, but that's not all the info we got at Spiel. It was actually turning out to be a wealth of information about Star Wars Unlimited, which was really cool to see. Um, they did a presentation on the game, as I mentioned, 
and there was a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to hit on it. I want to give a quick shout out to the Golden Dice podcast who have had their eyes and ears to the ground on this the whole weekend. Uh, they were the ones that sort of brought this to my attention and by the transitive property allowed us to share it with, with all of you. So uh, thanks again to the Golden Ice podcast for keeping an eye out. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of it because it's really exciting to see um, as they were giving this presentation. Um, they, they mentioned uh, that the weekly play kits are designed for 16 weeks of play, um, at least the weekly play season, um, which again sort of fits with that four month timeline. You know, you're going to have weekly play taking up uh, the entirety of each set. Um, which, you know, uh, the chance to get those promos all the way through set one, you know, and, and open those blind bags, pretty awesome for me. Uh, but they also talked about store showdowns and went into a little bit more detail on those. So those are going to be scheduled for a month after every release, except for Spark of Rebellion. That's going to be two months after that set releases, after set one releases. So our first store showdown season is going to come in May of 2024. Uh, really cool to know that in advance and also gives us two months to try to figure out what's going on with all these new cards, Corwin. Yeah, definitely. And I think we'll have plenty of chance to do so. Uh, if, if weekly play is going to happen for 16 weeks and we're looking at a two-month window after release to start the store showdown events, then that's seven, eight weeks of weekly play we're going to get in our local communities. I think metas will start to form off of that. Uh, maybe not you know, super widespread, but at least locally. And then these store showdowns will really put some decks on the map, I think. just That's just kind of was how it went with store championships for Destiny. And I'm sure being as some of the first like formal events in the game's, in the game's life, you know, I, I do see there, there being some decks kind of put on blast there. So, yeah, I think we're going to have a really good idea of what's strong by, by May and, and certainly through May as we see you know, what decks are coming out on top of these events. Well, there's a couple caveats to that that I want to mention, because one, you know, you mentioned weekly play is sort of a way to figure out the metas and, and you know, dip your toes into that a little bit. But it, it will be interesting to see how much of weekly play is comprised of constructed versus draft and sealed. You know, I, I do think that people are going to be using their weekly events a lot to not only get to play with new stuff, but also flesh out their collections with sealed and draft. So I think that'll be really cool. Um, so we'll see how much of that is constructed play. Um, and then the other thing is that, uh, as has been mentioned previously by FFG, um, the store showdowns are designed to be sort of a more casual environment. So there's one side that's like, well, you know, go and play the decks that you like, not necessarily the decks that you think are good. But then uh, one of the other things that they brought up in this uh, presentation is the other side of that. And the other side of that is um, the exclusive promos that you get uh, for going to the store showdown not only are you getting the participation prizes uh, that we showed off last week, uh, that, those were the, the cool art of uh, Takedown, which was a brand new card that we hadn't seen, uh, but they're also going to have exclusive promos for judges, top eight finishers, top four finishers, and the champions of the store showdown. So if you want to go and you want to test out something that you think is good, or if you want to go and chase these cool promos without getting too crazy uh, with the competitive environment, because again, uh, no Galactic Championship tournament points are on the line in these store showdowns. Um, but it, it does give those players a way to, to, to chase for the cards that are, are going to be, you know, these unique treatments, even though they're not mechanically unique, um, and, and have a chance to get their hands on those um, while still maintaining sort of the fun, casual environment that they're hoping to achieve uh, with the store showdowns. At least that's that seems to be the plan. 
Yeah, yeah, and that, and that's what I mean is that when you're incentivizing these events with with prize structure that like this and and making the prizes exclusive to just those places, people are going to bring their best stuff. It might not be everybody, but the people who really want those cards are going to bring their best stuff and try to take it down. So I do think that it is going to be sort of meta informing, um, but at the same time, yeah, I mean. Uh, no, no galactic championship points means I think there will be a good mix, and I think uh, hopefully we see good turnout for these types of events. You know, um, especially with top eight prizes, you know that could potentially p- pay out. You know, half the field depending on how many show up. So I think that's pretty good incentive for folks to come out, and, and you know, in addition to any other kind of random stuff that gets thrown in for participation and so forth. Absolutely, yeah, and and again, there is a a booster box that's included for store showdown uh, random mm-hmm. pricing um they're designed mm-hmm. to fit uh 32 people per kit um but you know conceivably if uh if they have more people and they have another kit you know that top eight could go to top 16 or top whatever i mean we don't necessarily know that that's how the structure would allow it to work but either way yes turnout would be awesome there uh if you're getting 32 you're in great shape as a store um, so that's going to be awesome. And then you're in a great shape as a player base because you're going to have a diversity of people bringing a diversity of decks, um, to try and, you know, flesh out a little bit of the meta and, you know, not just be playing against the same thing over and over again, which is going to be really cool. Um, that's not the only store event that was talked about. Uh, there was a store level event that is going to have, uh, tournament points, uh, on the line, which is really cool. Uh, the planetary qualifiers, um, they didn't give us a lot of detail on that, only to say that they were store level events and they were sort of the first step into the qualifying for the Galactic Championship. Um, so again, having both of those things on tap, having your store showdowns where you can go and play casually, and then at the same store potentially, having a way to go and try to earn tournament points to get a chance to be invited to the Galactic Championship. I think th- those two hand in hand, um, if you know if that's happening in your in your area is going to be a really cool way to get people out consistently to these stores and be playing the game. Yeah, no question. And I think what I really like about this structure is is just kind of the waterfall effect of it, where you've got basically an event for every type of player. You know, it moving from a casual spectrum all the way up until until the competitive. Mm-hmm. So there's different entry points here, which I think is really important because people can sort of gauge what kind of experience they want as they attend these different events, especially the ones that are early on. And then if they do decide, oh, I think I want to step down and play more casually, great, weekly will we'll fit that. Or, if, or vice versa, if they want to step up and try to compete a little bit more, you've got these planetary qualifiers, and I'm sure we'll see other like regional events and things like that coming in terms of announcements. So that that I think is is really um, the best part of this for me is is just seeing that there are entry points for any type of player that wants any type of experience, and um, and I just think that that's going to promote a really good culture, hopefully, in the in the local game stores as they um, organize events for this game. Absolutely, yeah, and and look, the the more chances you get for players to come out, the more you'll be um, rewarded by players coming out. So I think that that's. That's a great yep. strategy by them. And, you know, again, if you're talking about strategy, there was another sort of, uh, I wouldn't say a, a, a big surprise, but because of what we know about the uh, design environment over there for Star Wars Unlimited, 
Uh, but something that was really interesting and captivating to see as a part of this presentation was that they've already begun initial design through set seven of this game, and they've been concepting through set nine. So we don't even have set one yet. We only know the names for the first three sets. They're already working on sets seven, eight, and nine. I mean, we're we're still in the prequels and they're in the sequels, right? This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, but also not super surprising considering they've been working on this game for three years. So I think, yeah, I mean, you, you've got to, I'm, I'm sure that, that you, you've got to test things in full um, looking ahead to the future, you know, as you're getting ready to, to release a game like this. And so, yeah, I mean, seven sets in, it assumes that the game's going to have I mean, that would be, you know, if we go all the way to set nine, that's a three-year life um, minimum, you know, and then we'll see what else is on the way because I'm sure that there there will be more beyond that uh, if we all think that this game will be as successful as we anticipate. So, yeah, um, obviously it's great to see them thinking ahead and, and kind of designing things, understanding what's coming down the pike. But for us, I mean, and for me anyway, Kevin, I'm just, yeah, I'm very focused on set one and get, you know, getting, getting my feet wet here and figuring out exactly how, how all this is going to shake out. Um, it, but it's, yeah, it, it's definitely, it's definitely good to see them already having stuff in place for, you know, two years from now. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you mentioned sort of that three year timeline. Uh, the last thing that, that they, they said that I found interesting was um, that they have a five year roadmap for this game at this time. Um, that also includes additional product types. Um, so, you know, right now we've got boosters and starters and pre-release kits. You know, I, it, there's not to say that uh, that we can't get more uh, things like the Destiny 2 player set coming in, in, down the line. Or, yeah. you know, there might be some faction-themed expansions. Or, you know, if there's content that comes out like, uh, you know, the next season of Andor or the next season of Ahsoka... Or, you know, another show that, that comes out for Star Wars or another movie that comes out for Star Wars. There's nothing to say that they can't do a themed expansion or a themed box uh, uh, around those things. Um, so, again, having those things in mind is really cool to see that they're doing that already. So that it, it potentially it doesn't feel rushed when the time comes. And, you know, uh, they've already put so much thought into things like the two-player starter, you know, making sure all that's accessible. Um, I have to believe that the same is going to be true for any additional product items that they release to the public, um, because again, they, they've 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 impressed at every turn, and I think this is this having these plans are just awesome for the life of the game. The organization on paper is there, so mm -hmm. now it's just about the execution, and we'll see. You know, we'll see how that shakes out now. When the time comes. Now, give me product. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> where we're at. Uh, but yes, we'll we'll focus right now on set one. There's a long way to go between now and set nine. Um, so we'll focus on set one because we did get some more juicy uh, set one cards this weekend uh, at yes. Steel and through uh, and through some other some other means. Um, so we'll start with Mace Windu. I mean, this. Ooh. Whoa. Uh, let's talk about Mace here. This is this. He is the party crasher. Uh, he is a seven cost ground unit. That is both uh, aggression and heroism. Uh, a legendary, by the way, for Mace Windu. So there you go. There's another legendary. Um, Mace Windu is a 5-7 Force Jedi Republic unit. Uh, and for that 7 cost uh, price tag, you're getting that body with ambush. And when this unit attacks and defeats a unit, 
you can ready him. So, uh, hello, Mace Windu. Yeah. Uh, nice to see you. It's First of all, really cool to see uh, a not a uh, Galactic Empire or uh, Rebellion uh, unit in uh, in set one. So that's pretty cool. But also, this card's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really good. I'm a big fan of Mace for sure, and uh, the, the 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 thematic uh, ability of his, where he can just like pick off these really small units or units that have very very low HP remaining, is is really great. I love how they did that. So definitely a big fan of this card. This party is definitely over, Kevin. Well, so and here's the thing. Now we know that if they do make a Django Fett, it's going to be less health than five, so that Mace mm -hmm. can immediately. There you go. Lop his yep. head off. Yeah. Spoiler alert. That would fit with the theme yeah. for sure. So uh, Django Fett five uh, five HP or less confirmed. Uh, no, I mean the card. <laughs> the card's great. Um, the hyperspace version of it is awesome, which was showcased uh, in the article in which this was revealed, which was an IGN article um, that came out this weekend. So yeah, really exciting. Uh, this is not a legendary. You're going to be disappointed uh, to pull in a pack, uh, unless of course you're like me and only want to play villainy cards. Um, so. Uh, that doesn't mean Mace is on the trade block though, because you know you know your boy's a collector, so we're uh, we're gonna be excited to get this card no matter. Oh what. yeah, you'll be hunting that master set for sure. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I would pay nine for this, but uh, but I would definitely pay seven. So there's there's at least <laughs> that. Uh, so let's move on to another aggression card, but this time it's on my side of the street here. Um, you've got a fallen lightsaber. Uh, this is a, an aggression villainy upgrade that is three cost. Uh, it's a for that three cost, you're getting a rare that gives you plus three attack and plus three HP, uh, plus three power, I should say. Uh, you attach it to a non-vehicle unit, and if attached unit is a force unit, it gains on attack, deal one damage to each ground unit the defending player controls. So let's look at this without the ability, because, you know, I think we've only seen a couple of force units in the villainy aspect uh, there's palpatine there's vader that's the extent of it right so let's look at this as a three cost for a plus three plus three where do you where do you rate it on that from i th i think it's good i think these upgrades that we've seen um i think they bring a lot for their cost um the other sabers we've seen vaders and luke's this one there was the um uh i think there was a cheaper one too that that we saw um at some point i'm forgetting the name of it now but i yeah i feel like you know three for th plus three plus three very fair very fair and can potentially be quite impactful for a character that's needing some health or um, needing a boost to its attack for the round yeah I, I think it's perfectly fine as is and then the added bonus cherry on top with the with the force unit ability really takes it to another level yeah so for vaders and luke sabers you're getting a three one for two this you're getting yep. a three for three for three. So again, if if this card was strictly vanilla, I think it's pretty solid um, because you're getting that extra two HP as a bonus for your one extra resource. But then again, being able to spread out that damage, um, this is going to go really, really awesomely into uh, a, a deck that takes advantage of your opponent having damaged units um, because again, you're just going to be damaging everything. The other thing this is really good at is popping shields. So if shields get a little too crazy and your opponent has multiple shields out on the board, uh, you can remove them with this ability as long as you're attaching uh, to a force unit. So and 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 also worth noting, 
uh, on attack uh, happens before you actually deal the damage from the attack. So yep. really, really awesome uh, uh, secondary ability here uh, if you're able to get this onto a force unit. Yeah, I, I got to ask you though, Kevin, because this art, it's really, really making me wonder, you know, are we going to see Maul or Savage in aggression because of this? I mean, if it's going to go, if they're going to go anywhere, they're going to go in aggression. I, I'm, I'm holding out for a hero till the end of the night on this one, just because I don't want to get my hopes up for, uh, for something that's not going to come in set one. Um, you know, my hopes are, are sky high as it is for the eventual Thrawn reveal. Uh, whatever that ends up being, uh, thanks to the booster pack art. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I mean, I just think that, you know, if this, if they were going to do Maul, I think they would have done Maul's lightsaber. Um, considering this is not that, I'm a little more hesitant to lean my hopes into there being a Maul, but I'm going to be really stoked when I'm wrong. Um, and then there's I mean, he did make an appearance in Rebels. And we've seen some Rebels stuff coming out, so it's... He did. He definitely also, though, in Rebels, lean more into the, um, well, not in Rebels, but in Clone Wars, lean more into the crime syndicate uh, universe. Mm. So he could fit a little bit better in set two. Um, but I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Look, I, I'm not making any stipulations because, you know, I did. I never thought we'd see Mace Windu in set one. And here he is. Right. He, he has crashed the party. Uh, so <laughs> uh, but I, I think this fallen lightsaber is awesome. You know, I think the the. Um, the hyperspace version of this is going to look really sick. Oh yeah. Um, you know, just based on the art that we're seeing it uh, already. Um yeah, I'm in. I'm in on this. Uh that's this is going to be a great rare. Uh I'll take one of each. So, let's do it. Uh yeah. and speaking of villainy and aggression, uh we did see another leader uh in that slot. Um and and we this is IG88. So now uh conceivably we have all the aggression villainy leaders that we're going to see in set one of Star Wars Unlimited, um, because we have Vader, the starter one, we have a Grand Inquisitor, and now IG-88 arrives uh, as the common uh, aggression villainy leader. Um, he uh, has an action where if you exhaust him, you can attack with a unit, and if you control more units than the defending player, the attacker gets plus one, plus zero for this attack, which seems like a pretty solid uh, ability off the rip if you're in aggro because you are trying to keep pace and the the flip side of that is ig88 is also trying to go wide because of this ability so speeding yourself up with this ability feels pretty decent yeah uh the plus one on its own is not super impactful but in, in an aggression deck where you're really trying to burn down your opponent as quickly as possible i think it, it fits the bill yeah, and I think, you know, the plus one adds up. You know, I think, uh, you know, in, in in some early experimentation with Director Krennic, you know, that, that plus one can can do some things. Um, so IG-88 deploys on five, uh, and for those five resources, uh, you're getting a 5-4 uh, ground leader unit, which is interesting. Uh, he is an underworld droid bounty hunter, and he has a different ability on his uh, unit side which is that each other friendly unit gains raid one, which again is the plus one when attacking. So uh, five, four for five, not incredible, but being able to give all your units raid, uh, this is something you're going to want to keep on the board for a bit. Yeah, I think the raid one, so this side of the card to me is a lot stronger than the base side. I just think being able to, especially if you are trying to take advantage of his, his base action and, and spread out, 
this raid one is gonna hit, is gonna definitely gonna hit because even though he's only got the four HP, that raid one could potentially be two, three, four extra damage around, and that's huge. So really, uh, really like this ability. On the flip side, he's just he's a little fragile. He's gonna be he's gonna be quite squishy, but you know, it, it, I don't think you're, you know, if you can get a couple attacks off of uh, with him before he goes away, you know, I think you'll be fine just sort of settling back into that uh, tempo that you get with his other side. Um, so interesting to see where he goes. He's definitely a lot, um, more accessible in a limited format than the Grand Inquisitor. Um, so the, uh, you know, I think that also fits sort of the, the common yeah, leaders versus point. rare leaders. Um, common leaders, obviously more designed for seal and draft. Um, and speaking of rare leaders, uh, just like we don't necessarily need to talk about Bruno, uh, we definitely do need to talk about Han Solo. Um, <laughs> Han Solo was the other card that was revealed uh, this weekend uh, during Spiel uh, that we that we are going to discuss here. Uh, Han Solo, rare leader for uh, cunning and heroism. Um, now, this Han Solo has an uh, interesting couple actions here. So, the leader side has an action where you exhaust Han Solo to put a card from your hand into play as a resource and ready it. At the start of the next action phase, you defeat a resource you control. So let's talk about that in depth for a second here, Corwin. You start the game, you have six cards in your hand. You put two down to start, as your starting resources, and now you have four. Okay? Assuming that you play a card and use Han's ability exactly once each uh, round, you are going to run out of cards by round three. And that is before Han Solo comes out uh, because he has an epic action uh, at six resources uh, as opposed to five, which is where you would get uh, on round three with using his ability each round. Uh, and not only that, but three of those resources are going to be uh, defeated. So you will still have the normal, the requisite amount at the end of your uh, your turn or the end of your round. Um, it's just going to allow you to, yes, play more expensive cards faster, but also run out of cards faster. So with that in mind, how do you evaluate this side of Han Solo? I, I still think it could potentially be very strong. Anytime you're messing around with resource curves, especially early in the game, that's definitely something I'm going to be interested in. So yes, you have the potential of emptying your hand a lot quicker. And Han deploys at what, Kevin? What's his epic action? Han deploys at six. Six. So he, you may potentially get there. No, you wouldn't get there in those three turns. You You'd have not. to get to, to turn four. But I think what you could potentially flood the board with ahead of that is, you know, it, you're going to outrace your opponent potentially in those first few rounds. And I think there's value in that. So for me, this is a card I'm definitely going to be looking at very closely because, um, you know, if, if you can ramp up, especially using cards that are in your hand that don't really have another use or don't fit your plans for that early game strategy, could be very beneficial. And look, you know, if, if, you are, if you are flooding the board with these extra resources, that's more cards coming out of your hand. So I think regardless of anything, Han Solo needs draw. Like, you need to be mm. able to draw cards with Han Solo. Um, so you're going to need to be able to use things... Um, you know, like Yoda, for example, you know, when Yoda's defeated, you, you can draw a card, you know, um, uh, I think so you'd that, have to run blue with him. 
You have to run vigilance. Well, we we haven't seen the full card pool yet, right? You know, I, yeah. I, there's a world in which you could run uh, you could run command um, and just uh, play prepare for takeoff. Get two vehicles into your hand and then just use those as fodder for this ability. You know what I mean? So there there's there's yeah. ways to do it. There will probably be more draw cards that are coming. Um, you know, Han with Ezra feels really good because you're almost getting an extra card off the top of your deck, potentially, if you can afford it, um, when Ezra completes an attack. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's definitely going to need a way to refill his hand, um, because, you know, otherwise you're in top deck mode for <laughs> after after the first three rounds of the game, at a minimum. Yeah. Uh, so that's... R2 and 3PO can potentially help with that, too. I mean, there's there's definitely ways to, to kind of account for it, and you'll have to in your deck but yeah i think the trade-off of of getting out in front so so much quicker than your opponent could very well be worth it well and in a magical christmas land scenario han solo can play r2 and 3po in the same first round so yep. you can put that online immediately um yep. which you know would be great if you drew both of those in your opening hand so and I think they're both just heroism, right? They don't have a second that is correct faction, so he doesn't have to run him. He can run those with any color. Yeah, absolutely interesting. So, and then Han has the other side, the unit side, which again at six he deploys. Um, he only has the underworld tag, which I find very interesting. Uh, but at six, you're getting a four six, uh, and uh, on attack, uh, instead of this coming from your hand now, you put a, the top card of your deck into play as a resource and ready it. At the start of the next action phase, once again, defeat a resource you control. This is obviously better, I think, because you're not depleting your hand. Now, could you be missing out on stuff? Sure. But you're going to be missing out on stuff anyway when you're using his from hand ability. Um, so getting him out uh, in uh, in round four, potentially, uh, is going to feel pretty good. Um, because now you're going to be able to switch uh, and make sure that you're... Um, depleting your deck rather than your hand um you know again you're just gonna have to be okay with sometimes losing out on a card that you might want but uh resource economy as we've seen already with boba fett feels really good in star wars unlimited so i have to imagine han's gonna have some value it's just gonna be finding that balance of making sure that you're not just relying on a, on a two card top deck every time you go to the well at the end of uh, at the end of a round yeah, I, I, it's going to be interesting for me. I, I like the Boba Fett um, comparison because it's going to be interesting to me to see what the impact is of uh, readying resources that you already have versus you know putting new ones into play. And I think we'll see some of this with uh, with command too, uh, especially on the villain side with super laser and things like that. Like I, I I'm going to be curious to see how all that all, that resource mechanic all plays out and what each each kind of situation and setup looks like um, something I'll be watching closely for sure. But yeah, the, the deck having it come off the deck, I think is, is going to be a little bit, it's going to feel a little bit better just to keep your options open and uh, you'll just have to live with, with what goes under there. Um, but you also get to choose which resource you defeat, right? So yes. if there's a way to then return resources later on some, at some point, maybe you have some sort of choice. I don't know. Um, I'm probably going down a bit of a rabbit hole here, but yeah, th there's a lot of different play, I think with this card and that's, you know, that's why it's a rare, right? Cause it's going to, it's, it's going to give you a little bit more lines of play than you might get with something a little more basic and straightforward. And, and so, um, 
I, I'm, I'm excited to, to use Han and kind of see what he can do. Definitely worth noting that uh, Boba Fett, who we've just been discussing, is is uh, one deploys one round earlier. Uh, he does. At five. And you also, I believe, get one more HP with Boba Fett. So do we feel like Boba Fett has an edge here or, or Han Solo has an edge because, you know, you, you have a greater resource curve with Han? Like, where do you land on that argument? I think right now, I mean, I, I personally think Boba Fett is, is one of the stronger leaders we've seen come out. Absolutely. So I, I, I think it's going to take some time for his mantle to be topped. But I do think that, again, when you can ramp up very, very quickly the way that it appears Han will be able to, that has some very direct applications and will inform the game state for the rest of the the rest of the game. And I think that depending on what else we see available to him, that, that could mean uh, a very, very quick kind of overtaking of board state uh, more so than a Boba Fett deck can do. So I, I think it's both, it's Boba Fett right now until proven otherwise, but Han is, is, um, is definitely going to be a challenger. Yeah. And I was just looking up his stats and, and he is a four seven. So, um, if you saw me looking off to the side, You're good. I was uh, making sure I wasn't giving incorrect information. But to further hammer your point home, and this will be the last one I make on Han Solo, uh, because we've taken up enough of the viewer's time, um, there is a difference between playing a three-cost card with Han and playing a two-cost and a one-cost with Boba because of the reset of resources. So that's something to keep in mind, is that, you know, yep. that round one, you can... You can play you can do one thing with han and one thing with boba we'll see which one is stronger as we get a little closer to release date which again march 8th 2024 uh and that's something that we are obviously very excited about so that's going to do it uh just a quick one this time around and i say quick i you know we we appreciate those of you who have stuck around uh to give up a half hour plus of your time to listen to us talk um again a lot of great information came out of spiel um, we, we've we've been blessed to be able to give you our spiel on all things Star Wars Unlimited. Um, so for those of you who uh, continue to be subscribers despite my bad puns, thank you. Um, it really does mean a lot. Um, for those of you who are new and you like what you hear, um, please feel free to hit the subscribe button to like the videos. Again, that helps us out a lot. Um, and, you know, there's a lot to be excited about now that we have a concrete date to be looking forward to. So out of all the things we learned this weekend, what are you most excited about? Please feel free to comment down below and share your thoughts on all the new uh, and exciting news that came out of Spiel. Uh, Corwin, I think for me, it's it's March 8th. It's, you know, it's it's running out and 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 cracking my first pack of Star Wars Unlimited and, and finding uh, a Snowtrooper Lieutenant. And uh, and that's that's going to get me really excited because, you know, uh, until until. It's until we have a chance to potentially preview another card, Snowtrooper Lieutenant is our card, man, and that's that's what uh, that's what I'm excited to see. It's near and dear to our hearts, so absolutely. Um, I think for me, it's it's definitely the the event structure, the different tiers of events, and the different incentives that are going to have people coming into the stores. Just really liking the way that that's all lining up. I know that I personally am going to try to take advantage of that as much as I possibly can. And that's what I can't wait for. Totally. Well, that's going to do it for us again. Thank you all so much for your time. Uh, thank you for your support. 
we really appreciate it. Uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter uh, for all the other uh, random musings that we have. And uh, we're going to keep uh, putting out videos uh, not until and through uh, March 8th, 2024. So for my brother Corwin, I'm Kevin, signing off.